by internet media providers, makers of Crosslink. With Crosslink, you can view any Christian television station in the world using Crosslink. For more information, look for the link to internet media providers on this website or app, or visit us directly at www.internetmediaproviders.com. In our society, we're striving for a message from God. God's messages transcend age, gender, socioeconomic status, ethnicities, religious persuasions, political affiliations, and cultural restrictions that encourage and inspire people to become saved, delivered, and set free from the bond of sin, as well as, gain a closer relationship with God. This is God's Inputs for You with Evangelist. Dr. Sharon Westbrooks. Greetings, I'm Evangelist Dr. Sharon Westbrooks, the host of God's Inputs for You on the Resilient Christian Radio Network. Thank you for joining me for this broadcast. I appreciate each of you for tuning in. I praise God for allowing me to make it to a new year. With the dawning of a new year, millions of people are reflecting on the various obstacles they went through and the numerous blessings they received during the previous year. Very often, our reflections turn inward. We look at what we did wrong the previous year and what we want to do better, and we resolve to make changes as necessary to improve the various areas in our lives that we find inadequate or that we think lack the essential qualities or elements that we need to be productive in the new year. We say to ourselves, this year, I will stop smoking. This year, I will lose weight. This year, I will stop drinking. This year, I will save more money. This year, I will support community projects more. This year, I will stop gossiping. This year, I will go back to school. This year, I will spend more quality time with my husband, wife, children, and family. This year, I will mend broken relationships. Oh, this year I will do better on my job. This year I will accomplish this, and this year I will accomplish that. And for those of us who are saints of God, we may resolve that this year I will pray more. Yes, this year I will read my Bible daily. This year I will give my tithes faithfully. This year I will not put in less than $5 in the offering plate. This year, I will cut ties with people or things in my life that are not productive for my spiritual well-being. This year I will do this, and this year I will do that, and this, and that. Did you make any resolutions this year? Wait, don't, don't answer that. Did you make any resolutions last year? How did you do in accomplishing your resolutions last year, or the year before that, or the year before that? Did you succeed in fulfilling the, your past resolutions? If so, that is absolutely amazing or amazing absolutely to be correct grammatically. Give yourselves a round of applause or a big pat on the back. If you do not succeed in your past resolutions, you are not alone. For statistics to note that for many of us, our resolutions are mere thoughts or words. Forbes magazine has an article entitled, A Brand New Year. 
The article is about New Year's resolutions and it opened by saying it is safe to say that New Year's resolutions go in one year and out the other. That is so true. For according to a recent research study, despite approximately 60% of people throughout the world uh, actually making New Year's resolutions every year, the statistics denote that 76% of people do not maintain their resolutions past the first week. 71% of people do not maintain their resolutions by the second week. 65% of people do not maintain their resolutions past the fourth week. By the sixth month, only 46% of people stay committed to their resolutions. In other words, less than half of the people who make resolutions at the new year give up on their resolutions by the end of June. And unfortunately, the study finds further that only 8% of people maintain their resolutions throughout the year. Isn't that something? That means that 92% of those who set New Year's resolutions fail to keep them. Why? Why do the majority of people fail to keep their resolutions? Well, the research study finds that 35% of participants of their study who failed to accomplish their New Year's resolutions expressed they set unrealistic goals. 33% of participants admit they just quit. 23% forgot about their resolutions and approximately 1 in 10 of the respondents claimed they made too many resolutions. What in the world? Really? Unrealistic? Forgetting too many and just quitting? I believe if we delve a little deeper, and we will, that we will find that the study's uh, reason for why people fail to keep their resolutions are mere excuses. Listen, I read about a man who really wanted to lose weight and become healthy. So he made some New Year's resolutions over the course of about seven years. In 2012, he resolved, this year, I will get my weight down below 180 pounds. In 2013, he resolved, this year, I will watch my calories until I get below 190 pounds. In 2014, he resolved, this year, I will follow my new diet wholeheartedly until I get below 200 pounds. In 2015, he resolved, this year, I will try to develop a realistic attitude about my weight because I want to get below 210 pounds. In 2016, he resolved, this year, I will work out at least five days a week because I want to get below 215. In 2017, he resolved, this year, I will work out at least three days a week because I am going to get below 225. In 2018, he resolved, this year, I will try to drive past the gym at least once a week. In 2019, he didn't make a resolution because he died. That is terrible, isn't it? He never accomplished his resolutions. I want you to think retrospectively about the resolutions you've made over the past three to five years. For many of us, we have reoccurring resolutions, or like the man in my previous story, we continue to minimize the efforts in our resolutions in hopes of accomplishment, and our situation is getting increasingly worse. Our intentions are, I guess, in the right place, but very often we continue to kick our resolutions to the next year, or the next year, or the next year after that, or the next year until, well, 
we are in a worse state than we were during the time we made our initial resolution. Listen, in contemplating a new year, I find that on many levels, a new year is really no different than a new day. They both bring a new beginning, new mercies, and each of us closer to the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Additionally, a new year is like every other year before it. It brings new opportunities, new challenges, new privileges, and new difficulties, new choices and options, just like every other year before it. I mean, if the Lord delays his coming, next year will have its share of good days and bad days, good news and bad news, happy times and sad times, just like this year. So what do you resolve to do this year? And how will you accomplish what you resolve to do? That question, my dear listeners, is the focus of this broadcast. What will you do this year? As I expressed previously, every year people resolve to do this or that. To save money, to lose weight, to exercise more, to enjoy life more. Generally, the nature of resolutions are so perishable and inwardly focused about making ourselves a little bit better, a little bit happier. That's the nature of resolutions, usually. For according to Statistic Brain, the top 10 New Year's resolutions for 2019 were in the the following order. One, lose weight. Two, get organized. Three, spend less and save more. Four, enjoy life to the fullest. Five, stay fit and healthy. Six, learn something exciting. Seven, quit smoking. Eight. Pay down debt. Nine, fall in love. And ten, spend more time with family. Now, how many of 2019's previously expressed resolutions focus on the individual? How many of them focus on others? How many of them focus on God? Sadly, none of them focused really on God. Pray, develop a closer relationship with God, and read my Bible more did not make the top 10 resolutions last year. Which is so sad because we are living in a day and age where people forget about God. Even some who attend church regularly. Yes, there is a crowd of people who attend church that do not remember God. Well, maybe they have selective amnesia. There are some of you listening right now who have some form of spiritual dementia. You act like you don't know, so your carnality, your fleshliness, your worldliness turns you off from the things of God. See, we don't even go to church like we used to go to church. We don't praise God in church like we once did. We don't give God glory. We don't shout God's praises like we once did because of some spiritual dementia. I know someone saying, well, I do, I do. But I'm saying as a whole, because some people listening to me right now act like they don't know God's been good to them. You act as though you can't remember when you were down and God picked you up. You act as though you can't remember when you were broke and God blessed you with the money to pay your bills. You were lost and God came down and found you and picked you up and saved you. You were sick and he healed your body. 
all God did for you. How dare you enter into this new year and act like you can't remember the blessings of God. So you leave God out of the focus of your resolutions. My God, today that is horrible. Let me get back to the focus of this broadcast. Focus, focus, focus. Okay, I know I gave you the statistical reasons from the study that expressed why people failed to accomplish their New Year's resolutions. But as I expressed previously, the real reason people do not accomplish their resolutions is more than unrealistic quitting, forgetting, or too many. Understand this. People, few people actually quit smoking or drinking because of a single moment of resolve. Few obese people have become slim and healthy because of one dramatic moment of commitment. Few people who were in debt deeply changed their financial lifestyle because they resolved to do so as the old year gave way to the new. And few marriages changed by the means of one dramatic resolution. So, is a resolution important? Yes, absolutely. Of course it is important. For over and over again through the pens of the inspired writers of the word of God, we find the call for us to change or a clean heart, a renewed mind, a right spirit. And, 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 and that's what God looks for us. He wants for us to have those things. Therefore, it's imperative that our desires for change and our and or our resolutions aligned with God's will for our life. How about that? Now we're really delving into why our resolutions fail so often. Our struggle for change goes way beyond resolutions. Making plans and commitments we cannot keep runs all through society and as far back as biblical times. Listen, just making a resolution is not in and of itself a good thing if God is left out. For we should consider God's will or perspective always when we make our res resolutions so that the intentions of our lives align with God's will for our lives. For I often convey God created us on purpose with a purpose for our lives. Therefore, in answering the focal question for this broadcast, what will you do this year? It's important for us to consider two critical elements that a godly resolution should include, as well as six steps that's going to help us keep the New Year's resolutions that we make. Now, um, as we create our resolutions, uh, I, our resolution should include things that will revive our heart and our spirit. Psalms 51 and 10 conveys, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. In this particular passage of scripture, here, the heart and spirit are used interchangeably for the inward essence of man. Heart emphasizes the individual side of a man's life. Spirit is its divine side, or at least the 
pre-eternal natural side. And in the previously read scripture, David is asking both for a new heart and for a new spirit, which he recognizes as corrupt and depraved. From a biblical perspective, the heart is part of man's spiritual makeup. The heart is the place where where they say it's the seat of our emotions and desires begin. It is that which drives the will of man towards action. The physical heart is an organ that pumps blood. Poets often and have great deals to say about the heart, you know, but the heart of man, as described in the Bible, is primarily a spiritual organ that drives man's behavior. We know that the heart is the starting place for spiritual life because of what the Bible says. God's actions are toward the human heart. In Ezekiel 36 and 26, uh, it conveys, remove the heart of stone and replace it with the heart of flesh. Understand, in order to get people to desire what God desires, God must remove the heart of stone and replace it with the heart of flesh. Because Jesus expressed in Mark 7, 21 through 23, the sins like evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and foolishness originate in the heart of man. Humanity has a heart problem, <laughs> don't they? The heart must be revived to obtain God's spirit. Therefore, a resolution that does not include reviving the heart or the spirit has no true value. It has no eternal value. It doesn't have a far-reaching impact. Additionally, a resolution without heart <laughs> will wither into a brittle act of compulsiveness. For the heart provides needed blood flow to the rest of our spiritual organs. Just as the physical heart pumps blood to the vital organs in our own bodies. God does not ignore the heart and we shouldn't do either. It is the essence of man and, and it produces our emotions. Now, the second thing when we consider making a resolution the second thing that we should consider is our resolution should include things that will renew our mind. Romans 12 and 2 conveys, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. As I contemplated how to define the mind, what it is exactly, and how the, the three-pound mass of gray matter that is our brains produce the felt experiences of sensations and thoughts, I remember hearing one of my professors convey the mind is what the brain does. Because the mind most often refers to the set of cognitive faculties such as consciousness, imagination, perception, thinking, judgment, you know, language, um, self-awareness, feelings, and, and even our memories, which is, that's all housed in the brain. 
Therefore, by mind, I mean the flow of information within the brain. Just as I expressed, uh, the function of the heart is to move blood around to the vital organs in our bodies. The function of the brain is to move information around in our thoughts. So Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us that the way we are transformed, the way we learn to live a Christian life is by renewing the renewing of our minds, meaning uh, because as a man thinketh, so is he. And so, you know, you have to remove, renew your mind, meaning to put off our own negative and corrupt thinking and put on God's thoughts for our thinking is a deeply, it's just so deeply ingrained part of who and what we are, you know, as a man thinks, so is he. And Ephesians 2, 22 through 24 exhorts us to put off concerning the former conversation, meaning your former behavior, the old man, meaning our old self, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lesson. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that ye put on the new man, meaning the new self, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. At this point, we can then put on the mind of Christ because right living comes from right thinking. Listen, behind every single tragedy in uh, a person's character is a slow process of wicked thinking. Long before evil surfaces, there is a departure from God in the mind. There is wicked thinking. But a renewed mind is one that has done two things. It has put off any sin, any hurt, doubt, fear, rebellion, self-centeredness, lust, uh, bitterness, um, anger, uh, malice, envy, strife. It's, it's put off that corrupt thinking or any barrier that would quench God's spirit and and has put on the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Renewing our minds is not simply changing our thoughts, (laughs) but actually putting off the old negative thoughts as well as putting on God's thoughts. In other words, we cannot just say to God, Lord, give me your thoughts and somehow expect him to give us his mind automatically. We first must put off our own self-centered thinking by confessing, repenting, and then giving it to God. In other words, when we put off and put on, we are exchanging our thinking for God. Therefore, if we are not willing to yield, set aside and relinquish our own terrible thoughts, then our thinking process will never be renewed and our lives will never be transformed. Um, The foundation of all transformations of character and conduct is through a renewed mind. Now, I mean, I cannot stress enough the importance of having a new mind. You know, casting the devil out of our mind when terrible, disruptive 
thoughts of evil come to us. We've got to put on and we've got to strive to do that every single day. So those two elements are, uh, of, of a resolution are very important. You know, they're, they're just vital when we sit down to make New Year's resolutions. Those two things should be in the foremost of our uh, things. And, you know, there is a scripture that says, um, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our path. So, you know, when we do that, we will be productive. We will be able to to do the right thing. So now that I've shared the two elements that New Year's resolution should include, I'm going to share briefly with you. Um, six steps for keeping New Year's resolutions. And um, let me just confess that I used to be skeptical, uh, skeptical about New Year's resolutions. But in researching them, I find that the problem is not making a New Year's resolution. The problem is our resistance to take steps that will keep us help us keep, you know, our New Year's resolutions. And so I really like these following six steps um, from Pastor Vince. Uh, I think they're very good to help mitigate the the resistance or commitment issues that, you know, we experienced during our previous years in, in making resolutions. I mean, Pastor Vince did a very good job of putting these together. The first step that he conveyed is to understand that you cannot, but God can. See, we tend to base our uh, resolutions on our ability to make changes successfully or on our willpower. That does not represent the Christian life. Um, The Christian life is I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. However, dead people don't have a lot of power. And so if you're not living for Christ, you're not really alive. You are dead in sin. So you don't have the power to therefore making positive changes in our lives. Um, it honors God and we need him to do it. And so we have to seek to make those changes in our in in, in with God, because if we do it in our own power, it, it dishonors God. He tells us not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Our strategy for keeping our resolutions has to be totally dependent on God and accessing his power through prayer. Next, um, Pastor Vince says, uh, give your life to God's will. I like because it just flows right into that. The most important question about our New Year's resolutions is why? Sometimes we pray asking God to help us make a change we want to make. Um, we don't understand why our prayers go unanswered. God tells us when you ask you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You only want uh, to pleasure yourself. That's James 4 and 3. And so, you know, when your, your 
your motives have to be right for and 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 you should want to make a change in your life for the right reasons because a Christian is someone who has decided to live in a way that whether you eat or drink or whatever you do you do it all to the glory of God whether we resolve to eat more vegetables drink more water or whatever it is we seek it for God's glory because we seek it because we know we need to be healthy to do the will of God to spread the gospel we can't be sick in our bed and and going out compelling men and women to be saved do you see how that works Number three, we have to take responsibility for our past. Working with lots of people who want to make lots of changes, I find a reoccurring thing. What keeps them from the way they want to live in the future is the way they've lived in the past. (laughs) You can't keep doing the same old thing expecting to get a different result. You know, so uh, if in your past you tried to have less anger and more patience, uh, you can't do that without God. You know, you can't do that without a positive change. And so whatever it is you're doing that you don't want to do or not doing that you want to do, ask why. Why do you overeat or exercise too little, smoke or look at porn, yell at your kids or have bitterness towards your parents? To change, you need to ask God to help you, you know, to release your past. I'm I'm going to do a radio broadcast that's going to be dealing with... uh, uh, broken, not shattered. And, and it's really going to be dealing with the mindset because many of us are stuck in the past because we've never got our mind out of the past. And, and, and so that's one of the things you've got to take responsibility for your past Four, forgive and ask to be forgiven. I like that, but uh, Pastor Vince, when we start thinking about the past, we often discover an issue of unforgiveness. Um, it could be guilt about our actions or or cynicism about someone else's sins that keeps um, getting us stuck in the same place. And we don't realize how guilt and resentment and, and unforgiveness can stay in our lives and even affect everything in our lives. I, I told once in one of my broadcasts of how I didn't know that I was stuck in unforgiveness. Everyone else around me could see it, but I didn't. And so we have to realize when we uh, either have to ask forgiveness of someone or to forgive and I encourage you if you have guilt over your transgressions or sin or bitterness about sin committed against you or uh, make forgiveness your top priority that that right there that is doing that includes the two things that that is our focal point of helping us Receiving forgiveness or giving forgiveness will help you in every other area of your life. I promise you. Try it. Number five, connect 
to God and others. I think it's wise to include God, like I said, and, and, and a few close friends in deciding what New Year's resolutions you need to make. Um, because the way that we see ourselves is not always how we're viewed by others. So therefore, it's very good for you to get with people that you can trust and whose opinions you value. And they can help you see some of the areas in your life that you need to change. And it's also necessary to involve God, you know, in that. Your strategy for uh, living faithfully out the new you is connections. I often say we were not made to be alone. How will you stay connected to God on a daily basis? What your plan for accessing his power? Who are the friends you will ask to pray for you and hold you and accountable, uh, hold you accountable? Those are some of the things that will help you keep your uh, resolutions. And last but certainly not least is help others connect to God. We're disciples to create disciples. There's a saying in, uh, in um, recovery there that goes, there is no healing without helping. There can be something selfish about seeking to get unstuck or when our focus is just on us. When we focus on others, it can have a surprising positive impact on us. So what if instead of seeking to keep your New Year's resolutions, you decide to help, you decide to help someone else uh, keep theirs? Oh my goodness, my time is out. But as you think about your goals for 2020, consider living out the highest priority God has for you. Jesus uh, told us that we are to make disciples. And and so it, furthering the kingdom of God is all about compelling men and women to be saved. And one of the biggest things is you being an example because we are living epistles read by men. Some people, we're the only Bible they see. So your mission in helping others is good. Get them connected to God. If you're not engaged actively in that, consider that as one of your top New Year's resolutions. It takes a revived heart and spirit and a renewed mind and you can do it. Well, my time is out, but I do not want to end this broadcast without sharing with you that John 3 and 16 conveys, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Additionally, Romans 10, 9-10 conveys, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you believe sincerely, Romans 10, 9-10, I ask you to pray this brief prayer of salvation with me. Gracious God, our Father, I acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for my sins, and you raised him from the dead. I ask you to create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me so that I might serve, serve you. Forgive me of my sins, God. Wash me and make me whole. In Jesus' mighty name, 
Amen. If you prayed the previous prayer with me, you are saved, meaning you are a child of God, a new creation. All of your previous sins are forgiven. For that reason, please read your Bible and pray every day. Join a church that teaches the word of God. Well, I appreciate you listening to this broadcast. Uh, You may follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I love you. God bless you. Make wise choices. And what I say unto one, I say unto all, watch and pray. Live holy every day. Remember, much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. Thank you for listening to God's Inputs for You with Evangelist, Dr. Sharon Westbrook. Tune in next time with D.R. Westbrooks about God's word for your life. Somebody ought to celebrate the awesome God. God's Inputs for You is copyrighted by Dr. Shah Ron Westbrooks Ministries and the Resilient Christian Radio Network. Portions of our broadcast day made possible by Internet Media Providers, makers of X-Cable. Watch almost any television station in the world, including programs on demand with X-Cable. For more information, look for the link to Internet Media Providers on this website or app. Or visit us directly at www.internetmediaproviders.com.